Hello and welcome to Reclaim Your Voice, and I'm your host, Rita Gianbiani. For those of you who are new to this podcast, Reclaim Your Voice is a podcast devoted to empowering you to find your voice, awakening from the prison within, and setting positive beliefs to find your true, authentic self. Each podcast will leave you with key takeaways that you can implement into your daily life and begin the process of living your true, authentic life. So today's podcast will be focusing on sort of the why behind Reclaim Your Voice and how living in the shadows and acquiescing to those around you leads to your own demise. And it's, it's a self-betrayal at a level. It's a betrayal of who you are, and it's only you that has this life to live. Uh, really, in some sense, it's not that really others are going to care or rescue you. Um, so it's really to you to find out what it is that you want from this life, and are you living the life that you want? And as we go into this podcast and you follow this series, one thing that I want to let you know is that this podcast is not about folding into the stories that we've told ourselves and holding on to the narratives that keep us small, clinging to invisible boundaries. It's about empowering us to walk into and embody our truth, change our realities to become in alignment with our dreams. And I look forward to um, following me as I begin this journey, and I look forward to hearing from you and your stories and your own journey as you begin to reclaim your voice. So I'm going to now delve into sort of my own journey and how this podcast came about. So my journey to reclaiming my own voice began about six years ago. And it was at this time that my mother was diagnosed with ALS. This is a terminal disease, and for those of you who are not familiar with it, it basically takes away everything you have. When you think there's nothing more it can take away, it will find something. Um, within a year of being diagnosed, my mother lost her ability to move, to talk, to feed herself, anything. She was completely um, dependent on others for her needs, and she was literally imprisoned in her own body. And this really made me reflect on my own life and how it's ironic that, you know, if you don't live your truth, it's like your body will in some ways act in that way and it imprisons you. So it, it was really a turning point for me. And in some sense, it was also the ultimate betrayal, right? Like your but body betrays you in the end, watching what my mother went through. And she spent her life fulfilling cultural roles, following a lineage that had set a way of being, taking care of others, but who took care of her? Um, I think sometimes we need to question the cultural beliefs that we hold on to, the assumptions that we're, we grow up with, and really who do they serve, right? Um, and where do these assumptions and these ways of being come from and I, I think we really need to start questioning that um you know i i often wondered as i was with her was did she feel she was able to fulfill her dream as she became ill and she was losing her abilities 
you know, she would often say things um, that made me really wonder and question about did she fulfill, feel fulfilled in her life? And as you read more about individuals as they get to their end stage, especially when they have a terminal in, illness or they're dying, a lot of them talk about why didn't I ever fulfill my wishes? What kept me small? What kept me within these confines? Because I was always worried about what others would say. But in the end, who are these others, right? It's like there's this invisibility that we want to um, make happy or we're always wanting to fulfill their wishes, but they're this invisible entity. And, you know, I don't know the answers for my mother because time robbed us of so much. She was quiet, which I think was easily weaponized. And I think we also need to question, there's the difference between being shy and being quiet, being afraid to speak your truth. And we need to question the difference between those two. And what I noticed is that if you don't lose your voice, it becomes a means for others to dictate their life, to dictate your life on their terms. Um, you know, and as I talk about this, I remember a time when she was in the care home because with ALS, she required 24-hour care. Um, and so I had to make a painful decision to put her in a care home at one point. And I was with her one day and she was in the evening and she was screaming. And this was her only way to communicate. So she would only scream when she was in distress. And her screams echoed down the corridor to the nursing station, and no one came. And as I'm telling you this, I can feel my body just tightening because it was such a traumatic experience. Um, you know, passerby would comment as it passed her room, saying, oh, someone must be unhappy today. Really a flippant comment. Um, and I was thinking as she was screaming, like there was a parade there, and I was like, like they weren't doing anything. I was like, who do I go to to help? I'm telling the, the nursing station. And really no one came. No one cared. It was like, oh, she's just screaming. She's unhappy. And so this is how care can become weaponized. How when you're quiet, others begin to weaponize what you mean and what your needs mean. And it was basically decided that her screams meant nothing. It was like blood curdling to listen to. Um, and she was allowed to carry on. And they ignored it. They ignored the pain. And, you know, even the her care team would be like, if she's screaming, it's for a reason. That's her only way to communicate. Eventually, she got help. And it turned out that her catheter was blocked. It had been blocked for maybe four or five hours. But just, just the, um, you know, stance that her voice didn't matter. Her screams didn't matter. So it's really about taking that ownership back. It, it was so much of the five years that she was sick. Um, I probably grew more in those five years um, than I could have imagined. And this was all she taught me so much, even though she couldn't speak. So as I watched her disintegrating, I don't even know if that's the right term, as I watched her dying, I guess, I realized that I'd also given up parts of myself. I was, a, I was quiet. I was afraid to speak up voice my need and don't get me wrong it's not like my voice was my my life was horrible to, to say um it's that I didn't feel fulfilled and that I did also acquiesce to others needs I was always trying to help and please others right um and I, and I did feel like a victim but it was of my own making and I think that's really important for me to own 
um, I wouldn't stand up for myself. I didn't know myself. And I think that's really an important point when we're thinking about ourselves and our voice and reclaiming our voice is sometimes we give up so much of ourselves. Um, you know, I was easily affected by others' emotions. I, I needed others around me to be happy, to feel like I was fulfilled. Um, and I was really blindly following the path laid out for me. I didn't even really think about it. I was just like, you work, you save and repeat, eventually you retire and then you die. Like, that's not a life that I want. Um, but that's what I was doing. It was just like a zombie life. And I was just really carrying on. And then in 2019, I remember going to a retreat and it was completely out of my element. Can you imagine? I'm here, I am this quiet person. And then I'm, I'm spending three days with people that I don't know, not comfortable at all. And then on the second day, I was asked a question. I can't even remember what it was. Probably something mundane, like, what's going on for you? And I burst into tears. And by the way, I hated crying in public. I would swallow my emotions. You know, I, I grew up with the belief that emotions were bad. Again, conditioning. And it was strong. So again, I was, I was really had these strong boundaries in my body of what was okay and what wasn't. Um, you know, and I, I was just doing so much. Taking care of my mother. Uh, I had young kids. I was working full time. Like, it was just so much. And I just felt trapped in my life. But really, in retrospect, None of us are trapped. It's just I wouldn't use my voice. I wouldn't set boundaries. I just kept doing what everyone wanted of me. There was nothing There's nothing of me, but nor was I standing up for myself. And in another episode, we'll speak to who these others are. They're usually in our head, but they're so powerful. And I think it's really important when we're talking about reclaiming our voice to think about who are these others and question the control and the assumptions that come with that. Um, and so going at this retreat, it really just kind of all hit me at once. All that I had done, I buried myself, trapped myself for whom and for what. And how did I become so lost that I didn't even know who I was? I think if you asked me, hey, Srita, like, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? I, I probably couldn't answer you. Um, you know, it's, really like I was just living this, this zombie life at some level. What was I passionate about? Um, if I had to tell you without hesitation what my values are, what do I stand for, what's important for me, could I do that? And I think it's important for all of us at the moment to reflect, like, if somebody asks you those questions, could you answer them? And if not, why? Like, what prevented us from knowing that about ourselves? So it took me a long time to reclaim my voice. And it's an ongoing process. It's not like I fully reclaimed it, but I'm in a, in a much better place than I was before. Um, and really, I, I forgot where I buried my voice. Um, I just didn't use it. It was just, uh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. You know, was it okay with me? Is it something that I wanted to do? Did I agree with the decision that was being made? Um, but really seeing my mother dying, I realized that I could no longer hide. I had to step out of my shadow, find myself, and learn to use my voice. And at the beginning, if it was for no other reason than to be an advocate for her, and that's really where it started. Um, as she became 
sicker and sicker and she was dying, I had to speak up more and more for her. She couldn't. And otherwise, we have a system that is overworked, don't have enough people, and not enough people even know what ALS is. Like in her care home, it, it's rare and it's not rare to have ALS. Um, but people didn't know what it was and, and what it meant. Like a lot of people just thought my mother had a stroke. And a lot of times they were like, oh, does she even understand English? Right. And I was like, of course she understands. She's lived here for the majority of her life. Um, she speaks, you know, she's fluent in English. She understands it well. Um, so, you know, the assumptions that people have and just to think, okay, well, I've taken care of her. That's it. Her needs are met. Um, so I really had to find my voice and be firm but compassionate in how I delivered my message. And that was the first step. And it made me realize that if I don't start using my voice, if I don't start reclaiming myself and the parts that I've given away, I'm going to be stuck living in the shadows and I'd be left living in a prison for the remainder of my days. And I think it, it was really struck me how we can imprison ourselves, the living prison. Um, and I don't, I don't want regret. I don't want to model that, and I don't want to leave that legacy for my own children. And that's how I began this. And you can, you can only, and I realize you can only swallow so much until your body says no, and you become sacrificed. And I didn't want that path for myself. And anytime I find myself in a difficult situation where maybe it's easier to stay quiet, there's a part of me that has walked on this path for too long and you can't stay quiet anymore. You have to use your voice. Otherwise, it's like, again, you betrayed yourself. It's like I haven't stood up for myself. I, I haven't been true to myself. And it really gnaws on my consciousness. Um, in a way that I will have to go back to somebody and say, hey, remember that conversation last week? It wasn't okay. And this is what really troubled me about it. Um, so this, this is how I learned to find my footing, to stand tall, and learn to embody my truth. So I hope this helps you to begin to understand the why behind this podcast. Um, and why it's so important to reclaim your voice and kind of the path that it can lead you down if you don't. And I hope you, I hope you've enjoyed this and in learning about where this podcast came about. And if it's something that you like, I hope that you subscribe and share it with your friends and anyone else that you think will benefit from this series. In the next podcast, I'm going to share with you some things about, you know, starting to act on, on just doing what means, what fulfills you. So what is it that you need to fulfill yourself? How can you move in that direction? And then in the next few podcasts, we're going to start in with, you know, talking with other guests and talking about what was their dark moment? When did they realize that they'd given away their voice or silenced their voice? How do they start to reclaim it? We're going to be looking at change makers and what have they done and what are the changes they're making through using their voice as a tool. So I hope you join me on this journey. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Please hit the subscribe button and share your, your 
your moments with me of uh, maybe when you realized you had given away your voice, given away your agency and freedom, or moments that you started to reclaim it back. I really love it when I hear from listeners and how this work is impacting them and how they found themselves again. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you all again next week.